Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, in about a few hours or so, the NBA is going to release its schedule, so we will find out the entirety of of what the Lakers are going to be dealing with next year. So far, we know about 10% of the games, and just generally speaking, I'm going to give a take that apparently wasn't very popular on Twitter. And then uh, in the second segment, and probably final segment of the short little show today, I am going to talk about what I have watched from Legacy, the Hulu Lakers uh, documentary that the Lakers signed off on, and and the major lesson or the major takeaway that I've had to this point. So yeah, like I said, in a few hours or so, we are going to find out that the Lakers, uh, or we are going to know what the Lakers schedule is going to look like next year. Um, interestingly enough, and this is something that was uh, made note made a note of on Silver Screen, was that, or is that, the Lakers and Clippers this year, the NBA has really kind of moved away from the rivalry or, or, or that relationship. I don't like to call it a, a rivalry, right, because the Lakers have to care about the Clippers. But um, I, I find it interesting that the NBA and its TV partners are basically saying, like, look, we tried. We try to make this and turn this into something that it isn't quite ready to be yet. We're going to take a step back, focus on some other stuff around the league. And if it turns into a rivalry, then we can boost that back up. But for right now, we're going to uh, let it happen more organically than I think they were trying to before. And look, I understand why they wanted to go in that direction. You had the Lakers and Clippers look like they were going to be facing off for championships for the foreseeable future. You had Kawhi pick the Clippers over the Lakers. You had Steve Ballmer come in and make all kinds of noise trying to, you know, basically situate or position the Clippers as the anti-Lakers. He is vying for younger fans with all the parks that they have built all throughout the city. Uh, and, And so you can kind of see why in the league's second biggest market that the NBA and its TV partners would say, yeah, let's push this thing. Let's see how it goes. Unfortunately, the Clippers nor the Lakers have seemed all that interested in meeting the league and its TV partners halfway. There's been injuries. There's been circumstances. The teams haven't been as good as I think anybody envisioned. And here we find ourselves. So uh, I thought that was an interesting takeaway here. That was the kind of the top takeaway. And then, you know, when we get the schedule, we'll find out how many sets of four games and five nights the Lakers will be playing. We'll see how the the schedule is is loaded, whether that's um, going to be as soft as it was at the beginning of last year. We know that they like to backload a lot of the Lakers schedule with some tougher games at the end of the season. Um, that's something that always happens year in, year out, because once the NFL is done, the NBA wants to take advantage of the Lakers and its ratings. The issue with that, though, is that like the Lakers have been injured by the time and uninteresting by the time we get to that stretch of the season. So could the league be moving away from that approach as well? A whole bunch of stuff that's going to be worth looking over, and that's what we're going to be doing um, on I Love Basketball and on tomorrow's Lowdown. All right, so uh, again, like I said earlier, I've been watching this Hulu Lakers documentary that is not really a documentary because the people who are being documented are given final say on on what makes and doesn't make the cut. One super interesting thing 
uh, is that the you know they kind of touch on Jerry Buss's lifestyle and and its impact on maybe his marriage and stuff, but don't really go too far into hey, what was it like, Buss siblings, watching your dad essentially uh, do that in 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 the public way that he used to. Uh, we didn't get much on that. That was kind of disappointing just from a human element. Um, we did, however, get into Magic Johnson kind of pushing Paul Westhead out the door um, and and how that led to Pat Riley taking the job. Um, we did, I think, that was this is actually kind of what I wanted to talk about here. We saw kind of the beginnings of the insulated fashion that the Lakers operate, right? You have uh, a player publicly demand that a coach get fired coach gets fired and now it didn't help that this happened in the middle of a season and it didn't and and it didn't help that because of those circumstances the Lakers couldn't go out and find a a head coach that they would be more comfortable with but interesting that immediately as soon as as soon as Westhead is is shown the door uh, Dr. Buss's instinct is to bring Jerry West in. Jerry West famously hated coaching. By the way, Jerry, like you seem to, you admit, you admitted that as a head coach, at least you were an asshole. So all that, like puffing your chest out about how you were portrayed in, in winning time. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Jerry West steps in, uh, steps back into the the picture as a potential coaching candidate. I think Dr. Buss saw him as the head coach. Uh, Jerry West basically pushed that off to the side and said, no, this is Pat Riley's deal. I do not want to coach. Obviously, Riley has the success that he does, and the rest is history. But I do find it interesting here, and, and I think this really highlights because you stick with the things that you have success with, right? So the Lakers had a coach, you know, they've had to fire a coach um, because they selected Magic Johnson over Paul Westhead. Easy choice there. But they, uh, instead of kind of branching out and saying what else was out there, they stuck with an internal hire and and it worked out. So, you know, when you, when you ask yourself, hey, why do the Lakers operate the way that they do? Why are they so insulated? This is kind of sort of why. Being insulated and, and and isolating themselves off from the rest of the league worked for them. They won championships, plural, with that approach. Now, as the league has evolved, it's fair to wonder, and I do all the time, if this is something that the Lakers should continue to pursue. Uh, but I, I do find it interesting for those of you who are, and if this is kind of the reason behind this documentary is to explain the Lakers, then this does really effectively showcase how and why the Lakers operate. Oh, and uh, we got a formal introduction to Linda Rambis and the relationship that she has with Jeannie Buss that, again, dates back more than 40 years. So that's also, I guess, worth watching for as well. Overall, though, so far, the documentary has kind of lived up to my expectations, both good and bad, I think. Uh, the Lakers are a very interesting story and, and the way that they came to fruition and, and the came that they came about their, the way that they came about their success is obviously interesting. And the basketball was obviously very interesting. Uh, it's just, the documentary feels very shallow. It feels very, 
I don't know, juvenile almost in in the way that everything has that Lakers gold tint over everything. And and look, the, somebody literally got murdered potentially as a result of the Lakers trying to hire Jerry Tarkanian. That got like five minutes of of coverage. Uh, Magic Johnson demanding a trade or, or you know, <laughs> and demanding that a coach get fired or he sticks with his trade demand. That barely got any attention. Uh, Magic Johnson's contract on the rest of the locker room at the time was clearly a... a a source of some malcontent on on that in the organization at that time. They kind of talked about it and then they quickly glanced off and got right back to ooh the lifestyle, ooh the lifestyle, the glitz, the glamour. And it's like, I hope that they aren't going to keep throwing that pitch for the entirety of this show, this the the entirety of the, the documentary. There's so much more interesting to the Lakers than the glitz and the glamour, uh, and and. This is kind of what happens a lot of time when you allow the subject of a documentary to tell the, the the story of the documentary. They don't necessarily know what is the most interesting thing about themselves. There are people who you pay to find those interesting things and find the most dynamic way to tell a story. And to this point, it just, I don't know, feels feels very veneered. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown, Lowdown Podcast. Uh, again, the schedule here is going to be moving around o- over the course of the rest of this week and certainly moving on throughout the rest of this offseason as we get ready for uh, that super exciting stretch that is mid to late August through to mid to late September. Uh, <laughs> So until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.